Rise up! Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ball and show. Joining me tonight is Todd Brooks yet again. He was so good of a guest, we had him on twice. Todd, how are you doing tonight? How are you? You know, I personally, I'm good, but I'm really upset after the Falcons game yesterday, brother. I'm glad we're typing it on day two instead of yesterday because I would have been furious. So I have this, like, self-imposed, like, radio ban slash article ban whenever it's a devastating loss, which there's been a lot of those in the last six years um, <clears throat> and beyond, really. But the last six years in particular, um, after – a devastating loss or a frustrating loss. Maybe not every loss, but the frustrating ones, I won't listen to any sports talk radio. I won't listen to any podcast. I won't read any articles. And it, it usually takes me till Wednesday to uh, turn the page and then um, start preparing for the, ne- the next uh, next Sunday or, or actually listening and reading articles. So uh, this is very uh, this is good for me. It'd be very therapeutic. But uh, yeah, like you said, uh, if we recorded this thing yesterday, or even uh, my wife was telling me that you know while everybody's still hot, go ahead and record Sunday night. So it's probably yeah. best to record Sunday night. So yeah, I, I mean I would agree. <laughs> you get more of a, a real representation, man. Right, you have some time to sleep on it, and has some time to actually think. And you know, I haven't gone back and like you know walk broke down plays like I usually do, but I mean, I've got a pretty good sense of, of, of what transpired and what should have happened and what actually did happen. So, right. Oh man. So let's just start these questions off with a bang. Why is this defense so bad? Todd? Like what can you put your finger on one thing? Because in the last two years, let's just set this up. The last two or three years, they've been in the, they've been in the bottom, like, Five in yards allowed and in uh, in points allowed. So they've been like currently they are thirty two in points allowed and like number thirty one or something in uh, yards allowed. So I mean they've given up seventy eight points in in two games. So uh, can you put your finger on one thing? I can't put my finger on one thing. And we kind of went through some of this the last time I was a guest on your show. Um, I do think the draft's a big part of it. I don't think we've drafted the way that we needed to draft on that side of the ball. But then some of the play calling, I also would question. I mean, Dan Quinn is supposed to be this expert defensive coordinator. That's the reason we got him from Seattle all those years ago, five years ago, when he was still with the Seattle Seahawks. And believe me, he's still running the defense. I mean, we can say Raheem Morris is running that defense all we want to. But Dan, Dan Quinn is making most of the calls, and he has concentrated – um, this defense, he's really built it more around defensive backs than anything else. Right, right, and right. And it's right. just, it, it, it's not working. And But I will say this, there's one good thing I can say about the defense yesterday. Man, they had it going early on. I mean, they the pass rush was working, and then it just stopped working all of a sudden. And I don't know if it was because the Cowboys made good adjustments to it or because, you know, maybe we just got lucky on a few plays, but it, it just did not work after the first quarter. 
Right. I think, um, like you said, they got it. They had it going on early, just like specifically that game. They had it going on or got had it going on early. Aluakon was active around the ball, punching the ball out, had three fumbles, actually had four fumbles, but one of them got returned or, uh, you know, reversed. Um, Falcons just looked like the pass rush was there. The defense was playing good. The defensive backs were playing good. So I, like you said, um, what happened there, I think Aluakon actually went out. I think we had an injury, you know, uh, Tack got hurt. So, I mean, there's injuries you can point to there, but that's not the reason why you give up all those points. I mean, like, we can't blame no. those specific – you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't – that's – like, why is – overall, why is this defense so bad? So, I think I am the same thing with you, and I think it has to do with, like, defensive philosophy. Like, not being able to change at halftime, I think, hurts. Like, coaching. I think, like, for me, it's, like, coaching. So, like, the Falcons give up so many points. On the, in the second half, because the other guys go into the locker room and say, hey, man, their offense is really good. We ought to change what we're doing. And and our locker room, I don't know what kind of speech Dan Quinn gives them, but I don't know if it's that, because they come out and do the same thing, and they get, you know, they give up 30 points in the second half. So I, I don't know exactly what it would be, like, specifically what <laughs> why they're so bad. Yeah, the, the tipping point for the defense was really after that Falcons-Philadelphia game to open the season back in 2018, that Thursday night game that we opened up with. Mm-hmm. And uh, Keanu Neal got hurt in that game. And then after that, they just haven't been the same. And they were actually a very formidable defense before that. But they, they just have not been able to get back. And it's gotten a little bit worse over time. Uh, certainly yesterday, I, I think, it like I said, it's a combination of things. But yesterday, I actually thought that our offense with our running game did enough to win that game. They right, actually, for sure. Yeah, they won the possession battle. We outpossessed Dallas 33 minutes and 48 seconds to 26 minutes and 12 seconds. So that was one yeah. of the keys to victory. I mean, that's what I thought we really needed to do to win. But our offense you know, sort of disappeared a little bit in the second half, too. We, we only scored 10 points. They outscored us 30-10 in the second half. and. Yeah. I mean, that's ultimately what did it. We couldn't sustain drives. Um, and and we and the times we did score, we scored a little bit fast, too. And I, I do think that hurts the defense overall as well when you're, like, trying to just throw the ball down the field, throw the ball down the field. You might go three and out, or you score two or three plays. And and then momentum's just going you know, crazy for Dallas on the other end. Amari Cooper just catching that uncontested pass downfield. Uh, all right, so so – here it is, right here, with that Julio catch, man. He's had a couple of those, like of like in my just no looking up off the cuff here, spitting from the hip. He's had a couple where it's hit him in the hands where it's so good that, I mean, he it just he just drops. He had one against the Panthers a while back, a couple of years back, and then him not catching that ball, like really like took the wind out of the sails and that part and from that point it was everybody was tight. You know, here's our superstar and he's you know, he's messing up. And nobody so like if Matt Ryan was on the other end of that thing and he didn't catch the ball or Matt Ryan was the one catching the ball, like Matt Ryan would have got killed. Nobody has said not one word about Julio Jones. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah. I, I, yeah. So Matt Ryan gets held to a different standard. Then, uh, so if Matt Ryan's supposed to catch that ball, you, dude, they'd be looking for, they're going to be drafting his replacement this year. You know what I'm saying? 
So, uh, yeah, you're right. It, it's interesting, you know, on another subject, how people feel about Matt Ryan. Anyway, I'm a member so of divisive. another. Yeah, I'm a member of another sports talk group on Facebook, and it's interesting how I see, like, even though the defense performed at a very poor level yesterday, Matt right. Ryan catches all the blame. It's just like uh, the knowledge base for some fans isn't there to see that our defense is not performing at a high level. And you're going to blame Matt Ryan for everything. Yet he's the best quarterback in Falcons history, hands down, clearly. The best yeah. Quarterback. And there's no, but there, I mean, it's unequivocal. I mean, we, if you want to, if you want to start bringing names up about who's better than Matt Ryan in Falcons history, we can go toe to toe. But like, like you said, it, it wasn't, it wasn't Matt's fault yesterday. So um, now obviously Mistakes are made and all that crap, and you know, but like overall, it was not Matt's fault. So, like, why is the defense so bad? I, I think it's a couple of reasons is, um, I think defensive philosophy, and I think the Falcons have a pretty, um, a pretty bad track record of overrating the talent that they have. Yes, of, most of, pay, of paying guys they have no business paying. So, like, you know, when Trufant comes available to get whatever dollars that he gets because he's next in line according to the market and they, you know, back up the brake truck and then next year he hurt, can't play, you know, like, there's, like, Devontae Freeman, well, he's offensive lineman. I mean, offensive line, blah, 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 blah. offensive side of the ball, excuse me. But, like, defensively, I think there's there's a, a trend to over overrate what you have available. So... Um, so I think that a little bit of overrated slash drafting, and I, you know, I fall into that as well. You know, I get so pumped up and I read about these guys and, and, you know, oh, we got this guy, got that guy. And then in the, the day, you got to go play NFL people, like, you know, other NFL teams. So just, I think the defensive culture is bad. I think the defensive, like, like, uh, not culture, but like, you know, just the whole, all of it. I just the decision making and just it's it's all wrapped into one. So that's kind of my 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 take on why is the defense so bad? I you can't put it to one person like pass rush. They haven't had a pass. We've we've you know chronicled this many a times. Yes, no pass rush. Sure. I mean, you know, thin at linebacker. So many safeties, and you know, you know what I'm saying like they got three starting caliber safeties, and it's like why? You know, anyway. So I mean, it just uh, seems like a yeah. It, it seems like a bad dream because, it, really, the last two head coaches that the Falcons have had—they've had Mike Smith and they've had Dan Quinn. Well, both of those guys were defensive guys. I mean, you don't yeah. have an offensive-minded uh, coach from either one of those guys. They both right. have coached defense their entire careers. But Smith really only had that one team that was pretty good on defense. 2012, he had John Abraham sitting there in the middle, and right. um, and. And Quinn really hasn't had any defense that was performing at an elite level. He had that um, the 2017 team that they were pretty decent on defense. Once we right. had Keanu Neal, you could say they were good, but they still weren't, you know, the one of the well, best defenses in the NFL. They were kind of trending in that direction until Neal got hurt, and then it was just whoa, the bottom fell out. What happened? Well, it's very easy to play. De- I mean, I'm not saying easy. It's it's more advantageous. Than- Knowing that your offense is going to score thirty three points a game, like is it though? It, is it? Is it though? It, I mean, it, it. I mean, I would. Well, okay, you're right. Uh, on one side of the coin, it is. It's like, hey, 
you know, we gave up 17 points, but hey, they're going to score 33. But then, like, this time around, I mean, you could sit in a locker room right now and say, hey, man, we gave up one, but hey, these boys out here, they're going to score 40. They score 39 points and lose. So. Yeah, so let me, let me tell you an interesting statistic from yesterday. This tells you how bad it's gotten with the Atlanta Falcons defense. So, um, as of yesterday, NFL teams were 444-0 and zero since 1933 when scoring at least 39 points with zero turnovers, which is what the Falcons had yesterday. Guess what the record is now? It's oh, 444 yeah. and, one, and one. And the Falcons are on the wrong side, side of, of history. That, again, yes. Again, they're the laughing, they're the butt end of the joke. But it is so hard to be a Falcons fan right now. This We are a punchline in the NFL right now. So, I mean, just it's just, it is what it is. They're not clutch. And it just, it's so disheartening and so frustrating to hear all the sayings that Dan Quinn has and then, you know, hearing him say, oh, we're mad as hell. On, you know, last week about undisciplined things happening and all that stuff. And so, but I, and just to hear him do a press conference, he, he'll crush a press conference. He's awesome. He needs to be a PR person. He needs to be in front of a microphone somewhere. I'm not so sure about a head coach because he's always had, he's always had some uh, clock management issues. But this right here, this personnel stuff is, uh, I don't know, man. It's, yeah. Dan Quinn historically has made bad decisions in games anyway. I can go all the way back to that very first season that he was the head coach. Oh, yeah. The Falcons matched up against the 49ers that year. Do you remember that? And they had made it all the way down to the 49ers one. It was fourth and goal. And there was about two minutes and 46 seconds left in the game. And Dan Quinn ends up kicking a field goal. And he he, uh, sends Matt Bryant out to kick the field goal. But they needed – to get a touchdown in order to be able to win the game or even to take the lead. And they kicked the field goal and then they kicked the ball back to the 49ers and the 49ers just ate the clock. And, and that was end of game. And And, and, Yeah. Yeah. Fourth and goal on the one, you got to expect your team to be able to make it. I thought that was one of the biggest blunders that he has made as a head coach. And it continued yesterday and and it's not getting any better. Like, taking timeouts when you don't need to and then blowing timeouts when you, like, there's no reason, like, I don't understand it. Like, uh, yeah, and that whole, yeah. So, anyway, um, so on to the second question. If you're Mr. Blank, do you let Quinn finish the season? Okay, so I. Because I think, I think we've all, like, agreed that, like, Falcons fan, I don't know. I, I haven't talked to you, you know, except for through text message. So, I mean, before we get to that, I mean, are you are you down with, you know, letting Quinn – like, what are your thoughts on, you know, relieving Quinn anyway? Okay, so, so I go have, ahead. I can look at it from two different perspectives. So, the first perspective is what's going on in Arthur Blank's mind right now. I think, you know, as an owner, sure, he has the right to make any decision that he wants to. If he wants Quinn to stay – for the whole season, if he's really that close to Quinn, do it. And I'm personally not a big advocate of letting a head coach go in the middle of the season anyway. Typically, I kind of look at it from the angle of what does it really accomplish. However, in this case, um, I want him to let Quinn go before the season's over because if he doesn't, then I'm afraid that Quinn's going to go on a winning streak at the end of the season and a bunch of meaningless games again, and then he's going to retain Dan Quinn. Or worse, he retains Thomas Dimitrov, or he retains one of the two, and I think they both need to go out the door. Send them out today. Okay, 
So we have we are the exact same person on that. So if Mr. Blank, would you let would you let Quinn finish the season? My answer is no. Um, we got plenty of head coach experience. Name an interim, Raheem Morris, jump in, take the reins, and look get Quinn out of there, and then we'll start finding a new coach. And I am not a big fan of letting them go in the in the middle of the season, just echoing what you're saying. It really doesn't accomplish much, and it kind of throws everything kind of in turmoil. But because things are so bad, and I think he's lost – I don't know if he's lost the locker room. This team specifically is more professional than other teams in the past, in my opinion, a little more mature. But, uh, uh, like, losing – you know, the term, like, losing the locker room. I don't – you don't have a lot of divas and a lot of outspoken stuff. So, I, I think he's really close to losing the locker room because all these little sayings just aren't – winning football games right now. So I would I would say yes, Mr. Blank needs to go ahead and pull the trigger and let Quinn go. I mean, he's not gonna make it to the bye week. I mean, let's just be real. Uh, because they got the Bears and if the Bears walk or walk all over them and they do something horrendous again, the Falcons are finding new ways to lose. If they find a new ways way to lose on a ten second runoff at the end of the game and penalty or you know like something stupid like that. I think you'll you'll hear about it in the news conference real quick, but um, yeah, I'm 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 totally in your in on your side there. Is yeah, go ahead, pull the trigger, let Raheem Morris or let heck let Ulbrich run it, the linebacker coach or whatever. You know who cares? I don't care who runs it. Todd, they call you. Uh, I don't care, but I don't think. Yeah, I think it's time for yes, change. for sure. So, and then so like it's all right. So going back to what you said earlier was, you know. Dan Quinn has a, <laughs> has a history of, you know, winning seven in a row and saving his job. So what would it take for of Quinn in the Falcons for you to say, you know what, I think we should keep Quinn another year? What would have to happen? Well, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. For me personally, nothing can happen for him to save his job. I mean, I don't care if he goes out. Nothing. Know. 14-0 from this point, whatever the math is on that. Was it uh, – yeah, 14-0 from here on out, you know, get to the Super Bowl. Like, uh, best-case scenario at all. And yeah, I mean, go. real. I mean, that's not going to happen anyway. I mean, I don't see the, the Falcons even doing that. Their defense is so bad and so atrocious. There's no way they would do that. The best they could probably hope for right now, they look like I, – I think last uh, podcast I said that they're um, – their win total, yeah, the ceiling was going to be 11 wins, but I think ceiling now is probably three or four. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. No, that's not good at all, Todd. That's a ceiling. Um, Yeah, that's a ceiling. That is so atrocious. So, like, for me, what would it take for you not to want to fire Quinn? Uh, I, Todd, we're the same person. Nothing. I've seen enough. I've seen six years of it. I've seen – Winning in garbage time. I've seen winning games just when that whole seven to two or whatever they did at the, end of the second half of the season. That's I don't know. I've seen enough, and it's time for a change. It's time for the city just to turn it over and just start over and you know try to get back to the Super Bowl. And right. Well, the problem the problem so with those games though is that that winning streak all happened at the end of the year in both seasons. Like really, we've watched the same season play out over the last two Falcons seasons. The start wasn't quite as slow yeah. two years ago. I think the Falcons got off to a one and four start and they got to five hundred later in the season. They were four and four and then they never then they were four and eight suddenly. So they it kind of ended the same way. You ended on a winning streak. 
Um, last year we were what one and seven to begin the season, I believe, and then we won all those games yeah. at the end yeah. of the year, and ultimately they really hurt us more than anything else because the Falcons didn't get prime draft picks because of what happened at the end of both of those seasons. And Arthur Blank, not only did they not, get- yeah, and Arthur Blank, yeah, I mean, he could make the decision to keep Dan Quinn. He can make that decision all day long, but he's going to have to deal with the wrath of the fans at this point, because I realize we don't have any fans in the stadium yet, but in a world next year where there's fans, fans will not show up for that. They, they have no desire to show up with another year of Dan Quinn, another year of Dan Quinn as the head coach, which is no way. Yeah. I, that is definitely a good point point of, of, of Arthur Blank having to answer to that, have to answer, you know, to the fans and man, like the guys on the radio that, interview Quinn every week or whatever, I would hate, like, just, like, not, I want to sort of hate, but I, that would be very uncomfortable to sit across the table from Dan and be like, all right, Dan, what happened on the onside kick? Like, do your boys not know the rules of football? Like, what? I don't understand. Like, Pee-wee, like, that, the rules don't change. Like, get on the ball, see the ball, get the ball. Like, I don't get it. So, uh, that's mind-boggling. Okay, so, Let's, we're going to turn the page. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put that one in the books. That was a horrendous loss. That was um, bad coaching, bad defense, pretty good offense. Calvin Ridley's a star. Julio Jones had feet for hands for one play. He looks like he's hurt. Yeah. Uh, in my fantasy team, I, th- I don't know who had him, but uh, he laid an egg, which is good for me. Yeah, speaking um, of fantasy teams, I, too, I, I feel like this past weekend that um, – I lost twice because the Falcons lost their game. But then in fantasy football, my opponent was Dak Prescott. And he rolled me for about 45. (laughs) It's all the injury. Well, here's the deal. I've got Matt Ryan starting my – I got Matt Ryan, my starting quarterback. I'm just waiting for Tua to step in and, uh, you know, with the the Miami Dolphins, I've stashed Tua away. But, uh, yeah. Um, Matt Ryan was my quarterback, and hey, he ain't throwing no picks, so I'm good. I'm always, I always look at his numbers, and I was like, all right, well, he's gonna get at least one of them. He threw that garbage pick the other last weekend. I was like, man, just not. I know it's like garbage time, and we're just trying to heave it to try to get some points before the halftime. But could you stop throwing picks? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so, still affects your fantasy points. Um, it still affects my fantasy points. I need to hit. I need for him to be a little more considerate. Um, a couple positives for the game. Let's just run through some positives. Uh, Alokan looked good. Uh, defense looked good early. Okay, early. Pass rush was there. What's his name? Gets hurt. Um, uh, Tack gets hurt with a groin. It's not really the same. Uh, but Gary goes out with a strained ACL, not a torn ACL, with a strained ACL at right tackle. And then I think uh, Carpenter steps in. No. Uh, Gono steps in on that side. So, like, the offensive line played decent. That's what I'm trying to get at, mainly. Offensive line played decent. decent. Um, had a couple sacks in that, Ryan? One or two? But nothing, nothing like, you know, like, Todd Gurley ended up having, what, 21 carries for 70-some-odd yards? You got I think he had 65 you? yards when I looked wait, this morning. Wait, the, wait, say it again? Sorry. I think he had about 65 yards. I, I, oh. I don't know that for sure. Let me see if I can pull him up here. Yeah. I can let you know for sure. The Falcons, I believe, had a total of 112 yards rushing, which, you know, they are um, 
not really – yeah, they're, they're running the ball decently, better than last year. But they also aren't having any explosive running plays either. You know what I'm saying? They're, yeah. It yeah, looks – I mean, Ty Gurley definitely looks old. Like, I, yes. I'm just saying, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, isn't – because there's a couple plays in there and you're like, okay, it's fixing to happen. And then he gets hit and he goes down. So, like – and I don't blame him at all. And that's not me, like, poo-pooing on Ty Gurley. I just – you know, he's not as explosive as he was. Now, he's effective. I was telling my wife yesterday, at least he's getting contact at the line and falling for over three yards. You know, like we haven't yeah. had that in a while. Like that's how deprived the Falcons have had have been uh, back there. Is that I am I am excited about Todd Gurley falling forward. That's how. Uh, um, so twenty one carries, sixty one yards, two point nine average. Yes, twenty one carries for sixty one yards, and the average for the running game in general is you know, it's only three point three yards. Three point three. Yeah, so yeah. That's not very good. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. So, yeah. Hey, Zeke only had 89 yards, held him under 200 yards, right? Huh? Yeah, but Dak Prescott, I mean, look, I don't want to. We went over this last week. <laughs> I, I feel like I have to call you out. I feel like right. I have to. Go for it, but, my friend. Okay. So, okay, we understand that he was playing against the Atlanta Falcons defense. I'm pretty confident right now. I could probably go out there and throw for 500 yards. I believe in you, Todd. I think you can do it. More than likely, I could. But Dak Prescott, still, if you had your fantasy football yesterday, you were the true winner of the weekend. So, congratulations. Congratulations. I mean, he had his fumbles early on. Um, You know, even if he's not this talented, you say he's not very – I think he's a a good quarterback. And I think Dallas now, after winning a game like that, even though it was against the Falcons, that momentum has got to be sky high now. And yeah. they may come out, they may only lose two more games the rest of the season. They may have an incredible regular season. So, uh, yeah, this could really be something that escalates them to the top of the NFC, and especially their own division, because their own division is not very good. I was going to say, um, I don't think the, uh, their division is very good anyway. No, it's not. Philadelphia, I don't know what's going on with them, but they, yeah. are, they are not good. Um, but I mean, he had a great game, and you have to give him kudos. You know, he had those turnovers early. He came out, and he was just lights out in the second half and did everything he needed to do to lead his team back to victory. I give him credit for playing against the terrible defense and doing what he's supposed to do. Yes, a terrible defense. I'm glad you said that, though. I give him credit against the terrible defense, and he did what he was supposed to do. So, there it is. There it is. Okay. So those are some positives. We got we got throw some positivity in here because I you know I don't like just getting here and just spitting hot fire like you do. So I got to throw some positivity in there. So now we're gonna flip the page in the last. You know we're not gonna spend a whole lot of time because I'll probably do another podcast later on the week. But just at first blush, just whatever research you've done, I haven't done much research. But how do you how do you beat the Bears? What do you see from the Bears? And what uh, what uh, what do you think about well, this matchup? Well, I think our opportunities on offense on the field are probably not going to be as many as we've had the last two weekends. Uh, Chicago runs the ball pretty well. Um, I, I think, you know, they have a good chance to win the time of possession this week. I still think they're going to eat our defense alive. Um, I just don't see a lot of hope to win this game. I mean, you have to think about the mental part of the game as well. Um, okay, 
yeah, the Falcons were riding high after that first quarter. They were right. they were up in the game. They had a twenty nine to ten halftime lead. It probably all went to their head. But to have a team come back against you like that, and Jeez, have the Cowboys come back and they outscore you thirty to ten, and Jeez. then you have just a blunder of a play and an onside kick that the guys are just staring there and three are watching. Which, yeah. Third, well, it was, actually, I counted five when I went back and looked at the tape. There was there was yeah, five yeah. guys right there uh, around the ball. Um, I, you know, I just don't see how you could, as a defense, have any confidence to go out there and and stop it. So I think the the interesting thing about this game is which you know the defense is going to be bad, but can they get anything out of them at all, or are they just going to shut it down for the season and quit on their coach and escalate? his firing from the Atlanta Falcons. All right, so that's a good point. Are they going to quit on this defense? Mitch Trubisky got uh, through two picks yesterday, and he had got sacked four times, and he had four rushes, and let's see, and went 190 yards, 18 of 28 completion. Uh, so I think the opportunity is to get some sacks on Mitch, Mr. Trubisky and make him cough up the ball. But they're, they're rushing the ball well. Like you said, it's just not in a good place mentally right now with the Falcons. So, mm-hmm. um, but if they can get to the – man, I'm a broken record. I'm sorry. But if they can disrupt Mitchell Trubisky and try to be opportunistic, they can – hey, they can, they can start the turnaround. But they've got to play for their coach. They've got to, they got to, they got to keep going. You know, they don't need to – if they quit on Dan Quinn, this season this season's going to get real long. And these podcasts are going to get real colorful. I'm just saying. So, uh, yeah. And so sure. their def- and then even, uh, but the Bears' defense is really good. So we'll see. We'll see how yeah. this all just picks out. That's the other part. They they're averaging right around 140 yards a game rushing. Um, yeah, they average 4.7 yards per carry, and Which then is, yeah. they don't pass the ball near as good as either team that we've played the last two weeks, but that, just that having that extra running. And they're more physical, I would say, than what Dallas is and yeah. what Seattle is. Um, and the Falcons, they're not physical at all. They're just a real finessing, great at skill positions on offense, but that's really about all they have. And the kicking game's been good. Uh, yeah. I'll give them that. You know, hey, young way, young way Coos on my fantasy team. Shout out. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, you know, get after Mitchell Trubisky, establish the run, you know, make them, you know, just get your three yards and whatever, and, and let's just outscore them 41 to 40. So, Oof. Uh, yeah, that's 50 50 ball, Stan. <laughs> that's the biggest <laughs> positive we could find from this team this year. 50 50 ball. You know, if they have possession at the end, maybe they'll win. Yeah. All right. But well, I don't know. I'm not really all over the Falcons on the special teams blunder like some people. Um, yes, it was terrible, but I also recognize that if your defense hadn't given up all those points, that you would have been in that position in the first place. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, Falcons fans, don't well, don't lose heart. Hopefully, um, with Arthur Blank makes a decision soon. Maybe we get some 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 fresh eyes in here. Some, you know, some fresh talent. I don't know. I'm just trying to give the people hope, man. Because last my last right. podcast I gave was. There's hope. And, you know, that was like midnight on the day of the game. I was feeling myself, and I put out a podcast. 
Well, Stan, yeah. there is hope. There is hope in 2021. <laughs> hey, are we tanking for Trevor? What's going on here? 2021. Uh, yeah, I mean, why not? I, you know, I, I kind of was on that bandwagon last year. Um, you know, maybe we should just start the rebuilding process. Matt Ryan is, what, 35, 36? He's somewhere yeah. in, in that neighborhood now. Right. So, I mean, the guy is in his prime now. He doesn't have that many years left. So, we might need to start thinking about that. We probably could get some pieces for Matt Ryan, get Trevor Lawrence, and get a new offensive guy here. Give me a, just start, a just start the whole thing over. Yeah. Before we end this podcast, Stan, give me a name. Who would you like to be the Falcons' new head coach? Let's look towards 2021. Uh, I like the um... – I like the Chiefs, um, office coordinator, Beanables, Beanemy. Um, I like him. And then there's another office coordinator that they said that might be available. I think the Titans offensive coordinator might be a, but I'm looking for offensive coordinators at this point. But I would probably go with the Beanable. I can't remember his name. But yeah, that's who my my pick would be the office little office coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. How okay, about you? I have I have two names. Okay, uh, one's an offensive guy. One's a defensive guy. I don't think either one's particularly realistic. But for uh, offense, Lincoln Riley, head coach at Oklahoma. Yo, what a I, what an insane pick that would be. Yeah, Talk about he, just he, excitement that would bring to the to the yeah, that would be awesome. Because he could come in, he could get a, a good defensive coordinator, some good defensive coaches. And he's innovative on offense. It's not all this vanilla play calling you get on offense anyway, like we yeah. talked about. Um, so I, I think that could be a big improvement. Another guy, this is just kind of a wish list. He hasn't coached in a really long time, but when he was a head coach, he was phenomenal, in my opinion. Bill Cowher. And he's a defensive guy. Hey, that would be – hey, I'm t- they had a chance to get Gary Kubiak, and then, like, I feel like that was kind of like my – I kind of wanted Gary Kubiak, but, uh, yeah. Um Office coordinator, but yeah, Bill Cowher would be excellent. All right, Todd, this was fun, man, and we'll do it again probably uh, later on this week if if you're available. But um, sure, I appreciate you coming on, man, and enjoy the show. And and uh, uh, thanks thanks for coming on and, and expounding your big brain on the Falcons, brother. What else you got to say to the people? Oh man, I I don't know. I mean, I would. I don't want to have to say the old cliche, "Go Falcons, Super Bowl champs," because I don't think that's going to happen. But hopefully, we can pick up some of these pieces and you know at least rebound this week and look somewhat decent. That's that's what I want to see. So let's not give up forty points. Let's not give up thirty. I'm shooting for small goals. You know, if we could just like give up (laughs) twenty-one points, I'd be happy at this point. There we go. There we go. Well, we're shooting, we're shooting for small goals. And thank you, Todd. Thank you, everybody, for joining Rise Up Radar for this week's episode. Uh, if you like what you hear, please hit that subscribe button and uh, follow us on Twitter at Rise Up Radar and uh, Facebook. Give us a like and uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. And until next time, fellas, rise up.